I have a confession. I don't know how to dance, but if I'm forced to dance at a wedding, I do what I call the K dance. Basically, I just act like I'm running in place to do a bunch of form fall. It's terrible. But if you stick around, I won't teach you how to K dance, but I will explain how you can use cadence or step rate to improve your running mechanics. Welcome back to the Omega Sports Learn to Run podcast. My name is Dr. Matt Minard, and I am honored to be your host. The purpose of this podcast is to share with you valuable information that I've gathered over the years to help you run safer first and then more often. This is episode number six, but this is the third where you vote on the content topics. I love this. I love when you guys have the say. This is your your show. Last time, the options were running versus walking. What are some of the differences and similarities? How to handle hills safer? And the winner, and I'm glad this was chosen, it fits in nicely, was cadence. If there is a need or desire, I hope to someday be able to cover all the topics. This episode, Cadence, the purpose of this specific episode is this. I want to explain how you can use Cadence as a tool to reduce injury risk. I'm going to say that again, but I'm going to exchange Cadence with Step Rate just so we're on the same page. The goal of this episode is to explain how to use Step Rate as a tool to reduce injury risk. So as always, first things first, let's cover some basics. What's the definition? The definition of cadence or step rate is it's a measurement of steps taken per minute. Another way to say that, which I think might resonate with some of you more, is it's a measurement of how frequently are you making contact with the ground and contact being your foot. That's cadence or step rate. You may hear me use those words interchangeably, but it's just a measurement. That's why I'm glad you guys picked this as the topic, cadence, because it fits in perfectly with with last episode. Last episode was about overstriding, where a stride is a measurement of distance between steps. So remember back to the sand, if you were to walk up and see somebody run by, and you measure the distance between each footprint. That's a measurement of distance. That's what a stride is. Well, cadence, cadence is just a measurement of frequency. So it's a measurement of frequency of steps. So it's how often is the runner's foot making contact with the ground. So hopefully that makes sense. These two fit very nicely. A stride is just a measurement of distance. Cadence is a measurement of frequency. And we're both, we're talking about steps. What's considered normal? If you were to Google this, this is what most of you have heard. The the gold standard is 180 steps. And I'll talk later about what kind of the range that I recommend, especially if you're just beginning, because I do not want to set you up for failure because everybody's different. But by and large, the gold standard is 180 steps per minute. 
So if we were to look at how many times your foot made contact with the ground in one minute, it's 180. And where it gets kind of confusing is like, is it the right? Is it the left? It's both. That's why I say just making contact with the ground. So technically, there's 90 times that your right foot will hit the ground and 90 times that your left foot will hit the ground, 180 total. So why is it though? Why do new runners have such a low step rate? Why is that so common? Why is it so common to have a low step rate when we start running? Well, if you think about it, walking and running, both in the same direction, both in the same, we're both going forward. It's just at different speeds. Well, the cadence or the step rate or the frequency of steps when you're walking is around 100 to 120. So we'll say 110. So we're trying to add in that same allotted time in one minute, we're adding around 70 more steps. That's a lot. That's a huge number. So that's why it's so common that newer runners, like I said, you can learn to run. That's my job. I'm here to teach you. And I'm going to talk about how we can manipulate and increase your number of steps in one minute to help with your mechanics. So this is something that is a fantastic shotgun approach. I think every new runner should at least be aware of what cadence is, how to measure it, and we'll get into that stuff because it is so universal. But this is what's been known for a long time. I've learned it was about 10 years ago that they've shown in the research where they measure ground reaction forces, pretty much your, the treadmill belt will have sensors. We can see how hard are you hitting the ground, all these different fancy measurements. But what they've shown though, is that increasing your cadence can decrease impact. Impact we talked about before was just the physical stress that occurs when you hit the ground, the ground's hitting you back. So let me say that again. It's widely accepted that increasing your step rate, how frequently you take a step, can decrease or lower impact. If remember back to episode on shin splints, impact is something that we want to be careful. Let's not take more than we need, but it's been shown if we increase your steps, it can decrease your impact. And so why is that? We always have heard that, but I want to give you two of the main reasons, two of the main reasons why increasing your step rate or your cadence will reduce impact. So here's the two, and I'll go over them a little bit more in depth. Increasing your step rate can reduce bounding and reduce overstriding or breaking from last episode. So if you recall, bounding was where we were blending and mixing, jumping and running forward. So the higher you go, the further you come down, the more stress, the more impact. So increasing your steps can reduce bounding. I'll go over that more. Next is it can reduce overstriding or breaking or slowing yourself down. The definition was landing or leaning in such a way that is slowing you down. So how is this, Matt? How can increasing 
your frequency of steps help with these two things? How can it help reduce bounding, going up and down, and reduce this overstriding or slowing yourself down? Well, let's start with the first one. Let's start with bounding, the going up and down. When we're blending, we're jumping up and down instead of going horizontal. So here's the, here's the thing. I am the runner. Now put yourself, this is you, you're out on a run. And if I'm trying to consciously increase my steps, I'm trying to take more steps, what subconsciously, what can happen is your mind says, well, I don't want to go that far off the ground because it's hard to rack up steps. It's hard to accumulate steps when you're in the air. So naturally, it can help with staying closer to the ground. Somebody can reduce their bounding, reduce their jumping by increasing their step rate. The next is overstriding or that breaking or slowing yourself down. How increasing your step rate can help. It's all about the ground. Everything is about the ground. We, a step doesn't count until your foot makes contact with the ground. So picture this, you're in the air, you're just about to make contact with the ground. You have what I call a decision point. You've got a choice. You can, what naturally will happen without training and education is the leg, the foot will just kind of keep going forward or you bring it back. You bring your foot back closer towards you. That having more steps. So in your mind, you're like, well, if I'm trying to get more steps, if I'm trying to rack up the step rate, I, I don't want to waste time just throwing my leg out there and going forward. I need to bring it back. I need to make contact more with the ground. So that is why increasing someone's step rate, instead of giving all these crazy cues and these things to think about, it can be a beautiful thing. I've been doing it for literally about 10 years with working with runners. And when it works, it works. It's a beautiful thing. It's not perfect and doesn't always, people don't always change, but everyone, every runner, in my opinion, should at least be aware of it and at least give this a shot. So great. How does this apply to me, Matt? How do I actually do this? How do I put this into practice? Well, first, how do you calculate your cadence? How can you calculate your cadence or step rate? So there's two ways. You can either use technology or you can do it manually. So with the technology, you can either use the GPS watches or some of the watches also have a little pod that can go on your shoe. In my experience, this is my personal experience, the, the Apple Watch, it's not as close. I mean, if you think about it, if you're just wearing a device on one side of your body and it's trying to calculate your step rate on both sides, it's harder. Not to say it's not inaccurate, but I have found more accuracy with the GPS watches. And they show that it increases the accuracy of getting your step rate correct by having that little pod that goes closer to the ground in, on your shoelace or on your shoe. Or you can go old school. Let's go old school. You can manually do it. So there's two ways. Think about if you've ever learned or had your heart rate taken, where somebody will put their, their fingers on your pulse, they'll look at a clock, 
and they'll measure, they'll count in their head every time they hear the beat. Maybe they count for 15 seconds and then they multiply it times four to get that minute instead of just holding it there for a full minute and counting. It's awful. So same with, same with cadence. What you can do is I like to do it in 10 second increments. That's just me. But the goal is, well, we'll get there before we get to that point. I got excited when you're outside, you can set a timer and you can count or on a treadmill you can watch the time and then count. So no matter what, you're going to be counting and it's kind of doing two things at once. You're counting and you're looking at a time. That's why it's either set a timer, that way you don't have to think about the time part or just watch it on the treadmill belt. But then what I recommend is when you're calculating it, I usually do that. I usually go for the count for 10 seconds, actually, and then you multiply that times six. So ideally, if you do the math, 180 steps in 10 seconds is around 30. So maybe you say you get 24, 25, then you can do the math from there. So that is how you can accurately calculate your cadence. And don't worry, we're going to have a lead that has, we're going to have a a handout that we will give you that will have a lot more information about the, the details on this. So don't I feel like you have to write all this down. Well, I'll have something for you that you can download that will give you more insight of how to do this. So don't don't worry about taking notes. We'll get there. Just think big picture with me, the reasoning. But there's kind of two schools of thought. There's just one, you know your step rate is probably low. You don't need convincing. You just work on increasing your steps. But a lot of us like to know. So that's how you can calculate it using the tech or by counting it out. And so here's the step way. This is what I'm going to go through of how you can actually work on this. How can you implement this increasing your step rate into your running routine? It doesn't just happen, but here are the steps that I'm going to go through. Again, don't worry about taking notes. We'll have this sent out to you. You'll have all this, so don't worry, but just take it all in with me. So what I used to do, old school, I was so too technical. I would calculate somebody's steps. I would do percentages of increase. I'd find the exact number. I don't do that anymore. What I do now, and this is what I would recommend, 165. 165 is your magic number in the beginning. That's your cadence. That's your step rate. That's the number of times your foot hits the ground in one minute. And so how can we... Measure that. Old school, super old school, metronome, a metronome. So now they're digital. There's always free ones out there. But step one to this process is download a free metronome app. And then that's where you set the number. That's where you set the number to 165. If you start too high, you'll feel unsuccessful. It's a big jump. I recommend starting at 165 and then adjusting from there. Okay, but that's the first part. Metronome, download, 165. Step two is optional, but I found it to be helpful. Hopefully you have an aha moment with this. If your legs is, are moving at that 180 steps per minute, your arms are also moving at that same rate. So sometimes working on arm swing 
and working on that rhythm, that beat of using your arm swing, it can then translate into the legs. So step two is what I would recommend is take that metronome, your phone with the metronome, go to the side of a mirror, turn sideways so you can see yourself, hit go, and you're going to hear the beep, beep, beep. And then your goal is you're working on your arm swing and you're trying to keep up. You'll know pretty quickly if you're like, whoa, I'm going way too fast or or too slow, but work on syncing it up. Boop, boop, boop. I don't know why I said boop there. I did beep before. (laughs) Whatever your, your choice, I don't discriminate. Beep or boop. Every time you hear a noise, you're trying to have a swing, arm swing. Here's another super, hopefully, aha moment for you. This is where you can find out if you're an axe killer. Not in the not in the technical sense, but if my arms are going, and you can see this in the mirror, if my arms are going up and down and up and down like I'm swinging an axe versus a handsaw, forward and back, forward and back, forward and back. Because here's the thing, we talked to episode one, if you're going up and down, my arms are going up and down. And it's harder to accumulate steps when you're in the air. So maybe this is a little bonus you can work on. Look forward, practice, keep up with the beep or the boop or whatever. Once you feel like you got it, turn, look, check out your form. Your form. Don't look at any other body, but just form. And so here, look at arm swing, forward, back, forward, back, forward, back. Sometimes I like to literally give this as a drill to someone where I give a, a towel or an ace bandage or a belt. And I have them imagine like you're drying off your low back. You're just quickly drying off your low back. And so once you feel like you've got it mastered where you can at least keep up with 165 just with your arms, because if you're having a hard time with just the arm swing, it is very challenging to get that beat with the leg. So again, it's optional, but I'll have that in the notes. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's the process. So there's three different sessions, I like to call them. Some people learn so quickly. I do not. It takes me time. So I would recommend separating this into three separate sessions, you'll call it, or runs where you're, you're consciously, actively learning. So for the first one, I would recommend doing intervals, running for 30 seconds and walking for 60 seconds. And during that 30-second run, you've got your metronome going, and you're just trying to keep up. Every time you hear the noise, your foot's making contact with the ground. And try to sync it up. You can do this on the treadmill. You can do this outside. It doesn't matter. And then on your walks, I would hit pause because that sound is so annoying after a while. And reflect. How did it feel? What, how Was it awkward? Did it feel good? What did I notice? Was I able to keep up? Was I not? And reflect for that minute and then do it again. Because that first day is all about syncing. You're just trying to sync it up, sync up your rhythm with the beat. 10 rounds, 30 seconds of running, 60 seconds of walking. The next time, could be the next day, could be two days later. This is the, the mimic phase. So same parameters. You're running for 30 seconds. You're walking for 60 seconds, but now we're trying to mimic. So your first 30 seconds, you've got the metronome going, 
beep, beep, boop, boop, bop, bop, whatever. You're keeping up with it. And then during the walk, you're still reflecting. And then you turn it up, keep it off. And so that next 30 second round of running, you're trying to mimic or match it. We don't want to make it that you have to have that metronome going for you to have that step rate. That's that's not how we learn. Active learning, we have to automate. We have to make it independent. So each of these rounds, it's one round, you're going to have it on, and then you're going to have it off, it being the metronome. And you're just trying to mimic. Can your mechanics be the same with the metronome on versus off? 10 rounds. Okay, good. We've got it. Next session. And sometimes it could take a few of these sessions. There's no right or wrong. It's just whenever you feel like you've got it down. So first step we had was the syncing session. We just talked about the mimic session. Now let's talk about the next step is the validation. So before is we started with the metronome and then we tried to mimic it. Now we're going to try to start without the metronome. And we're going to try to validate, check it, make sure we've got it. So the first round, you're running, you're doing your thing, you're aware, you're conscious. I would still do the same parameters of 30 seconds of running and 60 seconds of walking. And each time, reflect. Catch your breath, reflect. And can you see how closely can you get it to the point where you can keep up with that metronome, 165 beats, and and you got it? And you don't need the metronome to have those mechanics. Another option is you could do this on a treadmill. And so if you're like, Matt, that seems like too much work. I don't want to listen to a beep. I don't want to do all that. What's another way that I could work on this? Another way that you could do this is on a treadmill. And if you do the math, in one second, one second, we should get around three steps. If you do the math times 60 seconds in a minute, 180, you could just go on the treadmill and look at that timer and every second that goes by, count and see how closely can you get those three steps in that one second. And then same process, I would still try to sync, I would still try to mimic, validate, but it doesn't just happen. That's the key is this, to active learning is it doesn't just happen. And that leads me to the next session section on frequently asked questions. Question number one, Matt, can I just listen to music? So yes, you could, you could, but it has to be active learning. It's again, it's like learning Spanish and listen to a book on tape and go to sleep. You wake up and suddenly, you know, Spanish, it doesn't work that way. It's still the same process. But what I found personally and professionally, if you've got a good rhythm, like you can dance, you could definitely do this to music. If you're like me and I have to make up running moves on a dance floor and have no beat and no cadence, I just had to go old fashioned, just the metronome. Yes, you could use music. There's playlists out there for all over. Spotify has a bunch. You just type in 160, 170, 180, and you'll find something. Yes, technically you could listen to music, but it's just a couple sessions, just a couple runs where you're using the metronome. And then maybe in the future, you can use the music just to check in, just to make sure that you're keeping with that cadence. Next question, does cadence change with speed? 
Boy, this is a this is a good question. This is a great commonly asked question. It, it the long and the short of it is no. It does not change. And there I could you're right, I could argue it both ways, but for the most part, your step rate stays around the same, especially for all purposes of this, newer runners. Think about a car, RPMs, highway driving, there's different gears. Long story short is cadence does stay around the same. That's another topic, but yes, for the most part, cadence is around the same. Next question is, should all runners have the same cadence or step rate? So this is a, a definitely no. There's no with anything, no one size fits all, no one universal. There's so many different factors. It could be your height, your leg length. So I, six foot one, I may have a different step rate than somebody else. And I get leads me to the most important part of all this is that with this, the cadence itself it's a tool. It's just a tool. I don't want you to use it as a measurement of success. But how I recommend it is just this, what I just explained, is a temporary tool. Because this is what I found from doing this for a long time, personally, professionally, there's a sweet spot. For most people, 165 to 175 is that sweet spot. If you're saying, Matt, I'm at like 167, should I be concerned? Usually not. At that point, I would switch the focus of working on the step rate and working on the posture, the push with the tush, the not bounding, the gliding, all that other stuff. But cadence, I think, is a great go-to first tool to improve your mechanics. But don't let your success of your runs be just based off of it because, remember, it's just a measurement. And here's another food for thought is that you could have two people running at 100 or same person running at 170 steps per minute and one they could still be bounding and overstriding and the other one not. So again, not to confuse you, I just want you to know this is a tool that helps to get up to about 165. That's why I said 165. Most of you looking now, you'll see your runs, it'll be probably in like 140 150s. If that's the case, then yes, I would recommend this, what I just talked about, and trying to increase it. But I just don't want you to over-obsess about it because just like everything, too high can be inefficient, and that's a topic for another day. But another got on my off a little tangent. So another frequently asked question. So I've been trying to increase my step rate. What are some things that I can do besides this, besides the metronome? Well, included in that handout, I will have some, I call them drills, and one of them is a K-dance, the K-dance drill, where you're just working on moving your legs at a faster rate, where we're trying to get that three reps or three leg swings or three, three arm swings in one second. So it's not about strength. It's not about really power. It's control, quickly moving muscle groups, opposite muscle groups is what this is all about. So I'll include some drills and exercises that you can do outside of running that can, that can help. And again, finally is I've seen, don't, please don't get frustrated. I have seen this work beautifully for some. It's amazing. 
and for others not. And the more that I've gotten into it, I would say everybody should do this and should try this. I highly recommend it. But just don't get too frustrated. Don't get too caught up. And it's just a tool. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. I've got plenty of other tools and strategies that we can do to get you running safer. So I've got you. So I want to thank my friends at Omega Sports. They have been keeping the Carolina safe and moving forward for over 40 years. I highly recommend checking them out locally or online. Of note, the views and opinions of this show do not reflect those of Omega Sports. For better or for worse, they are my own. I really hope you found today's show valuable. Remember, you can vote on my Instagram at learn.to.run, or you can email into the show with topic suggestions. If you are looking for training plans, education, mechanics, I'm your guy. You can visit my website, which will be in the show notes. And as always, the more support, the more love you give us, the better the show can help to, re- to reach more people. So if you could tell, tell all your friends, subscribe, share, leave a review, we would so appreciate it. The Omega Sports Learn to Run podcast will soon be available on all major platforms. Until next time. Bye.